Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So, exciting news this week if you haven't kept up with it. The Supreme Court voted 5 to 4. It should have been 9 to 0. But the Supreme Court voted 5 to 4 saying this. If governors and states are going to they're going to uh, limit limit businesses or whatever, that's fine, but they need to be equal. And they can't be closing down churches. So as long as Walmart's open and everything else, churches need to be open. And that, that just makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, the Constitution says freedom of worship. You will make no laws, no laws that come against worship, basically. That's my translation. People need to read the Constitution. And it's amazing. People think, well, if we'll just keep doing stuff and people don't read or don't know about it, then they'll never say anything. Well, someone said something and it went to the Supreme Court and California now is free to have worship, too. That's crazy. And now California made an announcement, you know, their constitutional right. Well, it was constitutional right before the Supreme Court voted five to four on it. So my take is if they close down grocery stores or anything else, they cannot ever touch churches. That's my take based on our Constitution. That's like saying, well, we're just not going to have an army anymore. Oh, we're just, oh, just going to do away with stuff. We're just No, freedom of worship means I can go to church and sing. I can meet. I can gather peaceably. If people can protest, they can go to church. So that's fine. All of those are guaranteed constitutional rights. Peaceful protesting. Are you all with me? I don't mean folks burning down Wendy's and stuff. Come on, man. Let's, let's get with it. I did a Joe Biden quote. Come on, man. That's what they coached him for the debates. Come on, man. So praise God. Great news. And let me just say something else. There's stuff that appears like it's something else. You just keep believing God. You ask God for wisdom, and that's, I'm going to get into that in a minute. You ask God for wisdom because why? Many times you need wisdom to be able to discern the truth. Jesus himself said in the last days that if it were possible, the very elect, that's me and you, believers, if it were possible, even believers would be deceived. It'll get to a point that believers are like, well, I don't know. I, I saw that on CNN, the Communist News Network. No. You get back to the Bible. You get back to truth. You get around people who speak the truth. And you know what? It is so important that you hear and speak truth. That's why we meet together at church, huh? You can always check up what I'm saying. You can check on me in Scripture. And that's why I give you Scripture references. So today as we continue the last uh, sermon in this series entitled The Inner Workout. This is like part five, I guess. The Inner Workout. Somebody say The Inner Workout. Scripture says physical exercise profits a little bit. Right? And that's good. You should do that. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You need to take care of it. I've seen people use that verse and say, well, physical exercise profits little, so I'm just not going to do it. Well, that's not the right tact. Okay? So we got to stick to this. Take care of the temple God gave you. But how many of you know the inner workout is so much more important than the outer workout? Your soul and your body, they're your responsibility. We've talked about that for weeks and weeks now. So let's get into James chapter 1, verse 5. James chapter 1, verse 5. Look at this. Look at what the Apostle James said. He said, if you need wisdom, 
Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. If you have not prayed for wisdom, today is the right time to start. Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. You know, a lot of, you know, people call it common sense sometimes. Common sense can be wisdom. But did you know a lot of people don't have any sense? Did y'all know that? There's a lot of people don't have any sense. There's a lot of people don't have any sense. They're not reading their Bibles. They don't know. And they say and do crazy stuff. And we as humans, we've got flaws, all of us. We've all done unwise and foolish things at one point, right? Some people may have more of a propensity for it. I think I was born foolish, and I, Scripture said foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, and with a rod you drive it out. I guess they drove some of it out of me. I got spanked. Say, hey, that's wrong. I already told you I'm going to spank you now. Not abuse, but I'm going to spank you. That helps give kids wisdom. People go, man, why is my kid crazy like this? Man, well, parents many times think they know more than God. They say, I'm not going to spank my kids. Okay. That's between you and God, but uh, I promise you don't know more than him. And some people come from abuse. I understand that. They say, man, I was abused, so I'm not going to touch my kids that way. Well, you need to ask God to help you. Ask him for wisdom, and he'll give it to you, all right? Because Scripture is Scripture. Someone say, God's Word is God's Word. It's, it's forever settled, Scripture says. All right? If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, wow, look at this. Be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by what? The wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. One translation says they're double-minded. You ever been at that point? You heard people say, I'm confused. Usually, I'm confused is code for I don't want to obey God. Usually, I'm confused means ah, I haven't read the word in a while. Usually, I'm confused means ah, you don't want to believe the truth. All right? So their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. All right? Once again, their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they're unstable in everything they do. Let me go back to, um, is it verse, let's go back to verse 6. Let's see, let's see what that says. Mm. Ah, yes, look. Be, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. I've seen people asking God for wisdom, but then they're reading secular books that are man, man's wisdom. And Scripture talks about human wisdom, and it's sensual, and it's carnal, and it's devilish. You know what human wisdom says? This is human wisdom. Irreconcilable differences. Anybody familiar with that term? when people can't they're married and they can't get along nobody's cheated nobody's been beating each other they're treating the kids all right but they say we we just can't get along so we're gonna hey let me just tell you guys something life is not hollywood we're tired of each other we're gonna trade in for a different you know a different you can do that with cars you can do that with houses but we're gonna no you got married and to the best of your ability with god's help Here's God's wisdom as you stick it out. You stay together. I know it wasn't always easy for mom and dad, but it was crazy. I'd ask them over the years, and they'd say, we made a covenant with God. We made a covenant with God. We choose to be together. We love each other. 
But we made a covenant before God with each other and with God, and so here we are. So people need to pray for wisdom. Don't be asking for God's wisdom and then seeking man's wisdom. Got to be careful about that. I'm not saying you can't research and do other things, but many people try to mix that. And when you mix that, guess what that is? That's called new age. New age means I'm going to get man's wisdom and mix it with God's wisdom. And that's not new. It's old age because that was Satan in the garden, huh? Guys, remember that? In the garden, that was new age thousands of years ago. He was questioning God. He said, oh, you can be just like him. People say that too. He said, oh, no, we are, we are divine. Well, without God inside of you, there ain't no divine in you, I promise. Right? We know that. So we've got to pray for wisdom, number one today. When you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone, not in Vogue magazine. Is that still a magazine? Is Cosmopolitan still a magazine? Is people, I don't know if these magazines, or U.S. Weekly. And I'll be honest with you, man. There's times I get in the grocery store, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Really? No. Shame on him, you know. And other times I'm like, oh, brother, I just roll my eyes. But seek God's wisdom. God's wisdom. When you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. I'm going to get wisdom from God. I'm going to get wisdom from the world. Do not waver. And I've met people that give the, oh, man, I'm going to tell you right now, they give terrible advice. I've known people over the years, and I'm like, who told you to do that? Say, I talked to my brother-in-law or my uncle, and he said to do this. I'm like, that doesn't line up with God's word. That is crazy. That is, that is a punishable offense. <laughs> what he told you to do is crazy. No, don't do that. That doesn't line up with God's word. Did you know this is, this is terrible? Years ago, a guy told me, said, we were kidding with one of our friends, and I don't think they were kidding. said, we were kidding with one of our friends before we came to the Lord, and he was having an argue, argument with his wife, and we told him, just hit her when she disagrees with you. And so the dude went home and did it. And who knows, she may have hit him in the head with a frying pan. I hope she did. But can you imagine the advice? Oh, you're, you don't disagree with your husband? Just slap the taste out of his. You don't agree with him? Just slap the taste out of his mouth. <laughs> no. That's un that, that is stupid, isn't it? People advise each other like that. Oh, girl, I wouldn't let him tell me. I'd, we, we, we stopped at the Seminole uh, Walmart the other day, my wife and I. And people are so cultured and refined. We stopped, and they were having a shouting match. A woman was against a husband and his wife. They were cussing and stuff. They were mad, and they were ghetto, and they didn't care. They, someone had to call security. And I don't even think security ever dealt with them, but they just kind of, I, I don't really know what happened. But do you see the lack of wisdom? Hey, you shut up. No, you shut up. Come on, man. Right? There's that good quote again. When you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. And remember, what is the beginning of wisdom? Does anyone remember? Scripture says it. Oh, man. We've got some students and scholars in this house. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why? When you respect God, there's a lot of things you just wouldn't do, and that gives you wisdom. Say, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. Do you remember Joseph? Remember the, the lady of the house, Potiphar's wife, was coming on to him in the book of Genesis? And Joseph didn't say, oh, I don't want to hurt you. I can't be with you because you're my master's wife. I know you're into me. You find me mucho sexy. Hey, homegirl, you find me mucho sexy. I don't want to hurt you, so I can't be with you. No, do you know what Joseph told the crazy lady? He said, 
I will not do this. How can I do this and sin against my God? That's wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So pray for wisdom. And I want to tie wisdom into this next point, and it's very amazing how these two points tie in together. So number one, pray for wisdom as part of the inner workout. Number two, humble yourself. This is, I'm going to tell you, this is hard if you've never done it. This is hard if you've never admitted you're wrong. Uh, you have to be wrong sometimes, I promise. You have to be wrong sometimes. You have to be able to admit and say I'm wrong. You have to be correctable. Say, i got to humble myself. If you're never wrong, you have something deeply wrong with you. Is everybody hearing me? I've met people, they're so narcissistic, they're never wrong? Hmm, that's not accurate. Let's go to James 3.13. Look at this. Look at this. Say, man, Pastor Matt, that's irritating. Oh, well, you need to humble yourself. That's irritating. Look at James 3.13. Look at what Scripture says. Divinely inspired Scripture. If you are wise, right, you fear God, and you're wise, you're making good decisions according to God's Word, you're rightly discerning truth. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, right? Doing good works with what? With the humility that comes from wisdom. True wisdom breeds humility. Isn't that interesting? Let's keep reading. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, ooh, this is crazy. Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. We should have gotten over that at age six. Let me read that verse again. Let's go. Michael, let's go. If you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, what is ambition? Here's how I define ambition. Ambition is I'll do anything I can to get ahead. I'll step on your head. I'll step on your head with my boots so hard, it rubs your head bald. You're like, what happened to you, Pastor Matt? Were people ambitious around you? I don't know. I said, it's genetics. The dad said, it's not genetics. I said, well, I don't agree with that. <laughs> then maybe I was supposed to be 6'8", but, you know, no. Mm -mm. I don't agree with that. Because people make me feel irresponsible. said, you lost your hair. I'm like, where would I have put it? I'd, I'd put it right here. Let's get back to this. If you're bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, man, you'll step on people, you'll lie, you'll throw them under the bus to make yourself look good. You'll have, you'll have secret rendezvous, man, to twist the truth. Okay, I'm going to tell you this right now. Here's the wisdom of God. If you have deep, dark, strange secrets apart from what gifts you're giving your spouse or your friends or your family for Christmas, you need to ask God to work on you in those areas. Secrets almost destroyed me. Oh, man, it got quiet in this house today. I'm testifying. I'm talking about me right now. So be, what you do is between you and God. But secrets could have destroyed me. I got married, and God began to deal with that, those parts of my life. Why do we have secrets? Hey, I understand. I empathize. Why? We're ashamed. We're ashamed. I said, man, I, man, if they knew that about me, they'd be so, they would. Or we, we have secrets. And when we're ashamed, it's always tied into, guess what? Pride. But Scripture says, the Lord himself said, my people will never be ashamed. Do you know why and how? They learn to humble themselves. Shame and humility, those don't work together. Shame and humility, those don't work hand in hand. Because you humble yourself, you go, well, everybody knows anyway. Let's go back to the, to the hair example. Really. I remember in... 
2003, I'd been so, I was, I'd been losing my hair since I was 20. At this point, I was like 26. And I got to the point, I said, everybody knows I'm losing my hair. They've been talking to me about it. You know, wise people walking up to me going, did you know that you're losing your hair? Oh my gosh, no, I hadn't noticed. But I got to the point, I said, I'm so sick of this. I'm sick of whatever I was trying to do. Say, was it a comb over? It was a swirl. I don't know what I was trying to do. I was losing hair everywhere, man. I had to do like a something. And it was, it was getting bad. And I said, you know what? Let's shave it off. Everybody knows anyway. What am I hiding from? A dude shaved a stripe down the middle of my head. Adrian's brother, he, he still thinks it's funny. Man, he, he wasn't going to let me back up. He said, get down, bro. Let's just, let's just do it. He went down the middle of my head. I went, oh, my gosh. And he said, hey, bro, you look pretty bad, bald. I don't know what that meant. But I was like, maybe I got some street cred now. I started to walk around like this. But you know, here's, here's my analogy, even though it's imperfect. I said, folks know something's going on there. I might as well just be transparent. Did you know folks know when something's awry, when it's everybody else's fault around you? You listening on Facebook Live? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you need to be listening to this too. Founder of Facebook. I pray you get saved, brother. I know you'll probably never hear this video, but maybe someone will tell you. I'm praying for you. Everybody else knows, but you deny it. Uh-uh. If you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. It, Jesus said, whatever's whispered in secret will be shouted from where? The rooftops. The truth will always come to light. It will always come to light. Let's go to James 4, 6 through 7. You say, man, I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was clear enough. Did I get through all those verses, Mika? Did I go all the way to 18? What verse did I stop on? But you know what? Let's go to, I stopped at 14? Man, okay, okay. Sorry, let's finish this. I got too excited. One guy used to tell us, don't get too excited, right? For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Wow, that's clear. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Ooh. For wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, but the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It's pure. Did you know God's wisdom doesn't have an agenda? The only agenda God has is truth. Did you know when someone tells you something you, sh- you don't like, you're corrected by authority, or you're someone, tell- someone who loves you say, hey, man, you've been tripping in this area. Come on. You know what your job is to do? Not how they delivered it. Your job is to discern the truth. I remember one time. Uh, a state police and, and outside of Seminole pulled me over. And they, they weren't that polite. They weren't that excited that I was driving fast, and they just weren't that polite. They weren't buying it. They didn't care. And I remember thinking, man, they were rude. Man, the, the messenger for that ticket was rude, but guess what? I was speeding. And I knew I was speeding. I didn't, hey, man, let me see your radar. Let me see. No, I didn't give them a hard time. I knew I was speeding. All right? So our job is to discern truth, not they're against me. Anyone who corrects me, I'm going to demonize them. No, that's demonic. Anyone who doesn't agree with me, they're of the devil. That can't be true. That's not scripture. That ain't scripture. 
You're not walking in love. There's jealousy and selfish ambition. You say, not me. No, not you. Maybe it's somebody on Facebook Live. They said, not me. Maybe it's somebody else. But this is God's word. The wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle, and at all times willing to yield to others. Some of us have a harder time with that than others, huh? It's like, man, I'm going to do this my way. There's times where you're strong-willed. That's great. But there's other times it just causes problems. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It what? It shows no favoritism and is always sincere, transparent, honest. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. And as a peacemaker, we tell the truth and we hold a standard. There's times you tell the truth. And hey, there's other times you don't just mention everything right off. You don't say it right off. You stand by truth. You walk in love and you speak the truth in love. And other times you just hold quiet. And that's harder for some of us than it is for others, right? Let's go to James 4, 6. James 4, 6. Look at this one. And he gives grace generously. God gives his grace to us, his empowerment to live right. His mercy and undeserved favor and his power to live right. As the scriptures say, though, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Did you know Proverbs, I believe it's Proverbs, says God, God basically destroys the house of the proud. You can't, you can't be told anything? Oh, man, watch out. Another verse says, pride goes before a fall and a haughty or arrogant spirit before what? Destruction. You say, man, how do I know that verse so well? I don't know how many times my mom quoted it to me. I don't know who she was talking to. I'm all, that's for John and Lane, Mom. Is that for them? Or, Mom, is that me? Let's preach that on Sunday. I don't know. Is that me? Mm. He gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. You got it all figured out? Get ready. Nobody can tell you anything? Get ready. God's going to work on you. Because I know you're, here's the, here's, the, here's the danger of being a true believer. A true believer is a son and a daughter, Right? And sons and daughters, they get disciplined. Are y'all with me? Book of Hebrews talks about that. You say, man, what, what is going on here? God loves you. He allowed you to make that foolish decision, and now he's dealing with you, and it's going to be okay. You know, I've been under God's discipline before. But it, always, it was always rooted in my own decisions. God uses our own decisions and said, look, this was crazy. You need to repent. Now there's some consequences, but I'm going to clean it up for you. Right? Clean up on aisle seven. I remember one time, mom took us to, uh, back then it was Skaggs Alpha Beta. Anybody remember Skaggs Alpha Beta? Hey, I hadn't said that word in years. And you know what I was doing? Talk about a cleanup. You know what I was doing? I was walking down the aisle, and I had a, look at this. I still remember the gallon of milk. I still remember which aisle. I was holding it, and those things, they get moist, right? If you've been carrying them around, they're wet and they're cold. I was throwing it up and down. Why? right? No wisdom. No wisdom. You're going to appreciate this. Elaine already knows this is going to be good. I'm throwing it up and down. I was in elementary. And it, I don't know what happened, but it came through my little mitts. I've never had real big hands. It came through my little mitts and slipped, and I'll, I'll never forget the way it felt as it slipped through my fingers. I could feel it like it was yesterday. It's like it was 30 years ago, too. It slipped through my fingers, and it fell at my feet. And guess what that plastic gallon of milk did? It ruptured. Poof. Clean up. I remember mom saw me. 
And she didn't say it, but the look in her eyes, she was like, you're on your own. And moms can say so much with one glance. She said, you're on your own. I hope you have money in your pocket. I hope you're going to be honest. Bye. She was like, and mom was like, oh, she said, and I don't remember what she said, but I remember the look on her face. She's like, I don't know. She was like, what are you doing? And, and she looked at me and she left. And I was there like this. And the lifeblood of the gallon of milk was draining out all over the floor. And at that point, it was so close to the front, I knew I, I wanted to be a criminal, but I, I was like, oh, I'm incriminated. Even back then, I was like, I know they got cameras in here. And I, I don't even remember how I told someone. I, I was like, man, there, there's milk leaking on, over there. You know, I, I told them and I showed them, but I, I don't know if I ever took responsibility for that. But I remember how humbling it was to go, wow, I made a mistake, and now it's on me. <laughs> It's on me. I love it, though, that God gives grace generously, don't you? God gives grace generously. He goes, I give you the power to do what's right. Now do what's right. Do what's right. Now, number three today. Number three today. This should be simple, but it's not for a lot of believers. You call yourself a believer, then, hey, you've got to stay in the word. Was it, what was the name of that show with Mike, Mike Seaver and them? Was it um, um, Kirk Cameron? Growing Pains. Yeah, it, it, it left me for a minute. It even had a B.J. Thomas song at the beginning of the show. Cool, cool show. And I remember, I remember one time this dude was trying to talk to a, an, older, an older girl. He was in high school. And she said, I'm in, I'm in college. I'm a freshman in college. And he was like, what a coincidence. And she said something else. He said, what a coincidence. He was finding common ground with her, I guess, because she was pretty to him. And later on, she said, you liar. You're not in college. You're still in high school. He said, I, I said, what a coincidence. I've heard of college. <laughs> a lot of Christians are that way about the word. They're like this. They don't know what's in the word. They're like this. You tell them the word, and they're like, this. I've heard of the word. What? No, you're a believer. You've got to stay in the Word. Let's go to John 15, verse 1. John 15, verse 1. Look at what Jesus said. You got a red-letter edition, hard-copy Bible? You ever heard of those? They're amazing. I'm the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. Branch of mine. Okay. So there's ownership there. You belong to Jesus, right? He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches. Do you know the difference between cutting a, a branch off and pruning a branch? Pruning is a nice little trim, so it'll be fruitful, right? But you cut off a branch. I've cut off branches before. I remember one time I was cutting off a branch. It was on my birthday about five years ago, and I rented this really cool chainsaw thing. It was on the end of a pole. Have y'all ever seen those? It's like a mini chainsaw. So cool, Hector. I was like, man, this is awesome. I was trimming branches on the tree, and I'll never forget. I misjudged the angle of swing on the branch, and praise God I had a hat on. But the branch came down, and it, I, was, <laughs> I was holding that extendable uh, chainsaw, and the branch came down and fell and hit me, and I did like this. I dropped the chainsaw, and I fell to the right. <laughs> 
Because when you cut a branch off, it's serious, isn't it? It's way more serious than pruning it. Cutting a branch off is messy. So I pray that you as believers, you say, no, you know what? I'm going to be pruned. You ain't cutting me off. I'm gonna be, he can work on me. And you know pruning is uncomfortable? Did you know getting carved by the word is uncomfortable? Sometimes it's bloody. We go kicking and screaming and fighting, and we know we're wrong in the deepest of our, ourselves. Uh-huh. We got, we got to stay in the word because it points out truth, remember? The word is a sword. It cuts. The word is a mirror. It shows what's going on. The word is what? The word is water. It cleanses and washes. The word is truth. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. It is a compliment to you when God is correcting and dealing with you in a certain area. It's a compliment. He says, I'm going to prune you. It's going to be painful. You're not going to like it. You're going to kick and buck and scream maybe, but it's going to make you better. You're going to bear more fruit. Look at this. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, though. Someone say, remain in Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. Jesus, according to Scripture, is the Word. Are y'all still with me? Remain in the Word, and he says, the Word here is made flesh, that's what Scripture says, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Hmm. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, he says it again, will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nada. Nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Did y'all catch that analogy? But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, he says it again, you may ask for anything you want and it will be what? Granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Is that powerful? Is somebody still in the house with me? You got to stay in the Word. You got to stay in the Word. I give Scripture. Pastor gives Scripture. Anyone speaking up here? Jonathan gives Scripture. Pastor Jen. Barry's been a teaching pastor for years now, too, and helping, and he supports me, backs me up on Wednesday nights. Adrian has backed me up on Wednesday nights. I already said, Pastor Jen. Anyone that comes up here, even folks we invite here, they're going to preach the word, not just opinion. I will have certain opinions on the word, but it all comes down to you've got to find out for yourself in this book. Are you all with me? You need a daily reading plan. You say, man, you've been telling us that for years. Have you started? It's time to start. Jesus said, when you produce much fruit, you're my true disciple. Well, I didn't know that was in there. Why? You've got to find out. We had a guy years ago, he said, he said, man, uh, the Bible says you can just have one night stands. What? It's like that movie, The Princess Bride. You keep saying that. I don't think it means what you think it means. Uh-uh. That's not what Scripture says. You, you haven't read the epistles. You haven't read what Jesus said, and you haven't read the... You have not read the Word. And then others, I was discussing this with a man yesterday. Others say, oh, I've read, I've read the Bible. And you bring up a verse, and they go, really? Is that in there? Okay, so you, okay, if you read through the Bible, you might not remember all of it, I know, but that's why you got to read it again. Had people tell me before, no, oh, I've read that before, and they don't read it anymore. So I've, I've read the Bible, okay. What's Psalm 18.3? What does that say? How about, 
How about John t- chapter 1, verse 1? How about 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3? We don't have it all memorized. We've got to stay in it. You've got to stay in it. You've got to stay in it. Dad's been studying his Bible now well over 40, 45 years. I think it's nearing 50. Yeah, 50 years, just about 50 years, Dad's been studying his Bible. And he's one of those folks that can tell you chapter and verse on a lot of stuff, just about anything. That's, oh, you know, like it says there, like, man, I got a lot to learn. But I know what Scripture says. And I know what it doesn't say. And I know when people call God out on fake stuff and they put junk on God because I've stayed in the Word. And you're called to stay in the Word because you are heroes. Did you know that? Did you know God sees you as a hero of the faith when you simply believe? You simply believe, so you are a hero. You have been called to obey God, believe God. You cannot obey God without believing Him. Is everybody with me still? When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So in, in winding or, or, or wrapping this series up, the inner workout, today our first point was pray for wisdom. Say, man, why do I need wisdom? Man, you can properly apply God's word. You will obey him. You will, you will trust him. You will fear and respect and reverence him. You will recognize truth from a lie. You've got to pray for wisdom. You'll know how to treat people. I need to do a series on wisdom. It's been years since I've done that. You gotta pray for wisdom. Number two, you gotta humble yourself, man. Did you know true wisdom leads to humility? So if you're not asking God for wisdom, you're never gonna walk in humility. And if you're not walking in humility, you are surely not walking in wisdom, right? So number two, humble yourself. Pray for wisdom, humble yourself. And number three, look at look how simple this is. Stay in the word. I think it's all simple, but I don't think it's all easy. Jesus said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But you know, when you deal with the inner you, you go, man, I don't want to do that. That's, I don't, uh-uh, I, that, mm-mm. that contradicts what I want to do right now. That contradicts what I want to say. That contradicts how I want to act. That contradicts how I want to think. Oh, that's why we got to stay in the Word so we exchange our thoughts for God's thoughts. Is everybody with me still? So number one, pray for wisdom. Number two, Humble yourself. You've got to walk in humility. And what's number three? Stay in the Word. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. Heavenly Father, we honor you. We know true wisdom is serving you. We know true wisdom is seeking you. We know, Lord God, that true wisdom is believing. True wisdom is putting you first. Matthew 6, 33 We've heard it so many times, but it's so perfectly and divinely true. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Scripture never said, seek yourself and your ambition. Scripture said, never said, seek yourself and what you want to do. Scripture never said, seek riches. Did you know scripture, what Scripture did say? Those who seek riches, they're not wise. They end up shipwrecked. No, you got to put God first. God's going to take care of you. You're going to have plenty. You keep giving to his kingdom, tithes and offering and giving to the poor and being available to serve God and do what he's requested of you. God's going to always take care of you. And he's going to help you make wise decisions about money. But here's what i got to say to you. Today, when you seek God, today when you repent, if you need to repent, that is wisdom. That is humility. Humility. 
That is staying in the word. Now, if you've accepted Jesus before, you've prayed the prayer and confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are saved. You don't have to do it over and over and over again. I know many of us, we've got to receive the light of the gospel into our hearts. Just because you've sinned doesn't mean you've got to accept Jesus again. But you may need to repent. So let me do this. Those on Facebook Live and anybody in the house and on YouTube, whoever else is listening or watching today, or maybe after the fact, on audio. Do you need to get right with God? Either you've backslidden, you've run away from God, you've pushed Him away for a while, or you've never accepted Jesus. I need you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you today. Is there anybody in this house that said, man, I need to get right with God. God bless you. I need to get right with God. Good. Good. Let's just let's pray together as a family. I want everybody in the house to repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I know Jesus is Lord. I know He's Savior. I know and I believe He died and rose again for me. But I need forgiveness. I'm hard on myself, God. But I humble myself. I'm not going to stay guilty and shamed because that's not your will i confess my sin to you go ahead whisper your sin to the lord or do it in your mind whatever you got to do just tell the lord right now you say lord i'm sorry for this go ahead and whisper to him those on facebook live and in this house say lord i'm sorry for this i'm sorry for that i've done that my attitude what i've said what i've thought about what i've been struggling with and just remember sometimes you've been tempted in areas now say this, say, Lord, <clears throat> say, Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I'm sorry. I want to live right. I want to do right. I want to speak right. In Jesus' name. Thank you for your forgiveness. I know I'm forgiven, and I know I am destined for heaven. I believe in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want everybody to stand to their feet now. Let me back up so you can see me. If there was anything, anything in that message today, that was for you because there was a lot in that message for me. But if there was anything in that message for you today, please raise your hand and we're going to pray together. There's anything in there? Yeah, you know why? Because God's word is customized. It's tailor-made for you and for me. It's going to deal with areas of weakness. It's going to strengthen areas of strength. And it's going to build you up. That's what Scripture is for. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Just believe with me. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word, which is truth and life and light and hope. And it's to reprove and correct and edify and build up and to teach us, Lord God. And we trust you today because you are perfect. And Lord, sometimes we miss the mark, so we need your help. We admit, we humbly say, Lord, we've missed it in some areas. Now heal us, change us. Thank you for your forgiveness. Please forgive us, God. And Lord, I thank you today that you're speaking to us through your word, not just a devotional. Devotionals are good, but God, we've got to supplement our Christian living always with straight word reading. Reading the actual unadulterated word. Whatever translation is easy for us to understand, God, remind your people to stay in your word. It is your will to read your word. Your word is your will. So if you want us to know your will, you gave us your word. You want us to read that word. It makes sense, God. 
Help us to read your will, your word, which is our foundation. We trust you today, God. Help us to admit when we're wrong. Help us to humble ourselves. Lord, we've been humbling ourselves simply by speaking and hearing the word today and saying, Lord, we need you. We're at church humbly saying, God, we need you. We cry out to you, God, in the congregation of church family today, and we say, we need you, God. Hear us, God. Hear the prayer of your people. We need you. We can't do it without you, God. Speak to us. Continue to work on us. We trust you and we believe. We honor and we thank you. We give you glory today, and we thank you for wisdom. Oh, thank you for wisdom, God. Give us wisdom. We thank you for humility that you've asked and commanded and advised and suggested and, and, and you've delivered that word to us, God, so clearly to be humble. So we pray for wisdom. We humble ourselves, Lord. And now we make a conscious, willing, deliberate effort to stay in your word. Not to be religious, but to be walking in righteousness with you. We want to be in your word. We love your word. We give you glory. We thank you today, Father. We give you glory. In Jesus' name.